We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. What is up, Green Bay Packers fans? Welcome back to another edition of the Pack-A-Day podcast. The, gosh, the April is midway through and we're getting closer and closer to the draft. But if you guys were listening to the pre-production show, it's getting weird around here with the thoughts that I have going on in my head. We are at that stage in draft season. Uh, you can, and, and I am your host, Jacob Morley. You can find me on Twitter at Jacob Morley. And uh, joined today, as always, by my co-host, Ross Uglum. Ross, sorry, man, I had to take you down the rabbit hole a little bit. Had to go a little galaxy brain on you. But uh, how you feeling, man? I'm good. You know, it's uh, it's it's a different thing. Um, you know, we've mentioned my association with North Dakota State and all that that entails. So having an actual football season go on, during draft season is certainly like, I can't believe that the draft is 17 days away. I can't even wrap my brain around that. There hasn't been um, enough obsessive uh, stuff for me surrounding this draft. So it's, it's a good thing that we've now created a, a situation in which we get and have to be obsessive. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah, and I mean, speaking of obsessive, people are obsessive over the NFL draft, and and we're gonna get we're gonna get weird here today, Ross. We're talking about potential athletic profile fits for the Packers. So before 
before we jump into that, Ross, let's just talk about some of the some of the ner- nerdy terms that we are going to be throwing out. I think one that everybody needs to know is if you don't follow our good buddy Kent Lee Platty, you need to um, the relative athletic score, the RAS, the RAS, what we stuff we'll be referring to. It's basically you're looking at a player's height, density, all that stuff, and then you marry that to their athletic ability. You know, like their forty, their bench press, their uh, their agilities, their explosiveness, all that stuff, and you come up with a score one through ten. And the Packers and Brian Gutenkunst have typically uh, erred on the side of betting on freak athletes. So we're talking, you know, eight plus, 80th percentile plus type athletes. Um, that is one. That's really probably the biggest term that you need to know. And then we will throw, be throwing out, you know, some combine or no combine, but some pro day type measurables um, and, and this and that. And Ross, I don't, you know, I don't think we need to necessarily jump into you know, every, you know, 300 plus players that are going to get drafted in a couple weeks. Let's focus specifically on um, the probably the first three picks. So the top top 100 type picks. And let's focus even more specifically at what I think is pretty commonly viewed as the Packers three biggest positions of need. Um, and that is the cornerback position the offensive line position and the wide receiver position. Um, could you make an argument for interior defensive line? Yes, you can. But I mean, honestly, guys, that position, it's not good. It's not good this year. So uh, if they're going to take one, they better take one early. But I mean, that's a whole nother topic to be talking about. So we're going to focus specifically at the offensive line position, even more specifically, probably offensive tackle wide receiver, cornerback, and we'll probably mention some safeties as well. And Ross, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a little wager right now on the air. If one of these players, and we're gonna mention, I've got about 15 names in front of me. If one of these guys is not a Green Bay Packer by May 2nd, I will eat the tweet that is saying uh, exactly what I just said. I, I'm just really confident looking at now we have three years of Brian Gutenkust. We kind of know, I mean, we know what he likes. We know what he's going to target. And I just really strongly feel that one of these players in rounds one, two, or three, or maybe even later, um, will be a Green Bay Packer. So, um, Ross, I'm going to open up the floor for you. Um Actually, let me go. I'll, let me go first. Give you a second to think about this, and so and so I can take all of the all, all of the players. Um, but I'm going to go with offensive line. I'm going to start with offensive line, and I'm just going to run through some names here. And I'm specifically talking picks one and two here. Uh, Sam Cosme is the offensive tackle out of Texas. He, in my opinion, does not get mentioned enough for a potential fit at pick 29. And the reason I think that is um, a a viable, a viable option is one RAS score 9.99 freak athlete. The Packers Goody have never, ever taken a player in the first round that is above 21 years old. Well, guess what? The offensive tackle group this year doesn't really have a guy in that range. That's just that young. 
that's going to be there at 29. But Cosme is close at 22 years old. So you combine all these things together. You talk about projection. You talk about athleticism and age. And I think he is going to be really high on the Packers um, draft board. He's my number one offensive tackle fit for the Packers combining those three things. My number two fit, Alex Leatherwood, tackle out of Alabama, 9.68 RAS, 22 years old. Uh, so that makes him second. My third fit, Walker Little. I don't think he's a first-round type guy, but I think he's going to be high on their board, 22 years old, 8.9. Um, he is up there as well. A guy that um, we have talked about at length on this, and I won't go through all eight of my guys I have here, um, but Brady Christensen, I want to mention him because he's actually my eighth highest fit for the Packers at offensive tackle. Um, freaky, freaky RAS, 9.85. He's got the short arms, and he's 24. I think those are going to be two knocks against him for what Green Bay you know, likes to do at the offensive tackle spot. Um, so for that reason, I think he's still a good fit. Uh, but I don't think he's going to be, you know, one of those top five, like, got to have type guys for the Packers. At least not early. At least not early. Maybe round two if he's the last guy on the board. Um, but I think for those two reasons, uh, just looking at what the Packers have done, they've never taken a guy in the top 100 that's 24 years old. Just haven't done it. Uh, so that would be the one thing I think the Packers would have some concern with. Uh, but, Ross, now I'm going to open the stage for you. And I left some guys on the board for you. And, uh, I'm going to see if you talk about some of the guys that I'm thinking about as well, just to see if we're on the same wavelength. But, Ross, offensive line, who are some guys that really stick out to you as far as athletic profile types? Well, I mean, you know, um, Creed Humphrey is like a perfect Raz, I think. Um, he's somebody that showed up for me on Mock Draft Monday today. It'll be interesting to see how high he goes. But for me – Man, he's the best center prospect I've seen in a while. Um, and let me interrupt you, though, Ross, because yeah. I, I thought about Creed as well, but the Packers have just never really taken an interior offensive lineman early. Unless you want to – I mean, Elton Jenkins is, is the one guy that you can say, well, wait a second, yes, they did. You know, the Packers' MO has typically been, give me a tackle. If he fails that tackle, we'll kick him inside. So that would be the only thing and honestly the only reason that I left Creed off of my list here in the first Well, place. right, and, and that's my point is that the Gutekunst Packers really haven't been tackle drafters almost at all. Um, you look at the three interior offensive linemen that they took last year, and then you look at, at obviously the high draft capital that they spent on a college center. Um, I'm not going to – Right now, I'm not going to attribute the Thompson, you know, strategy to Gutekunst just yet. I, I think it's entirely possible that it goes that way, uh, maybe even likely. But right now, I'm not going to have interior offensive linemen off my board. And that includes a player that they just were reportedly meeting with in Quinn Miners, too, from Wisconsin Whitewater, who as a center is a 99th plus percentile guy and you know if he wasn't six three if he was six four or six five he'd have a perfect ras i mean this is a guy that ran a sub 540 that verts 32 broads over nine at 320 um that's just unheard of like that that kind of stuff doesn't happen at 320 pounds and he is just an unbelievable 
uh, prospect for for a center. I would have concerns. I'm not 100% sure on, um, you know, his arm length. Uh, I feel like I might have similar concerns with him that I have with, uh, you know, with, with Patrick as far as not wanting him, you know, to take on really good interior pass rushers one-on-one if he's six, two and some change and has short arms. But at the same time, you give me a kid that can move like Quinn in a zone blocking system like Green Bay has, I'm really excited about it. And, and, uh, that's something, you know, and these are three positions too, just so everybody knows, you know, there are positions like interior defensive line, linebacker and tight end where the Packers have repeatedly shown that they will just forego RAS. Like Jay Sternberger, not a great RAS guy. Um, Montrevious Adams did not have an, an elite uh, RAS over and over again. They have shown that they will go away from, this elite, elite RAS stuff um, at certain positions, not tackle, not, not corner and not receiver. That goes back to, you know, you, you look at the RAS scores of Jamon Moore, MVS and, and EQ St. Brown. Um, you can go look at obviously Jair Alexander's RAS score, even though he was a shorter guy. And honestly, Joshua Jackson had a phenomenal RAS score despite not being a four, you know, mid four threes or low four fours guy in the 40. They love freak athletes at these, these positions. So it's interesting that, you know, we're checking this out. Another guy that, that I think might be, you know, outside of what we're talking about just because I think his tape has some issues, but that's Spencer Brown. Um, I don't know how obsessed or how – Excited they are they are about a six foot nine tackle. I've had my um, like Drew Himmelman from Illinois State who is actually playing this spring and will be eligible next year is six ten. Spencer Brown six nine. Um, I would like to see a few more really successful, huge tackles like that in the league before I decide that you know a six foot nine or a six foot tackle is a great idea. But he is a a stone cold um, freak athlete. But then you know Tevin Jenkins is is a big time uh big time athlete with a 97th plus percentile RAS score and he might be someone that uh you know draft values have pigeonholed into the right side but honestly that's fine too like Brian Bulaga got pigeonholed to the right side and that was fine and you've paid David Bakhtiari millions and millions of dollars to be your semi long term answer at the left tackle position uh, I've got no problem with Tevin Jenkins at all yeah, so you just hit on two guys um, that are on my list. So the thing I was – so Spencer Brown would be fourth, the fourth likeliest fit because he's only 23. He's got that 10 RAS. Um, another 23-year-old um, would be uh, Tevin that you talked about. And another 23-year-old that would be six on my list is, is Radunce, you know, who we've talked about at length, um, would be just a super awesome fit for this team. And then kind of a toss-up with him is Elijah Vera Tucker. Uh, just guys with all RAS scores, all younger dudes. They don't really have the age concerns. Um, so I think those guys are all names that, you know, 29, 62, uh, if, if they're there, I think one of those, I honestly think, Ross, one of these guys, and, and include Creed Humphrey, include Quinn, 
Um, I think one of these guys is, is a Packer. And the thing about Kareem Humphreys, uh, he's 21 years old. So he absolutely fits that mold of young, athletic uh, football player, which they yeah, he's, love. He's like interior Penne Sewell, man. Yeah. He was dominating men as a boy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. he, he uh, he's something else. Yeah, he's, he's a young, young dude. And, uh, I mean, sky's the limit for a guy like that. So uh, moving on, I, I love that you touched on the fact that uh, these three positions that we're talking about are a little bit easier to project because if there are three things that they that we know they like in athletes, it's at these three spots. So wide receiver, let's move on to that one. The, the juicy, the juicy position that everyone loves, loves, loves to talk about the wide receiver position. And so, keep in mind, Ross, I'm I'm looking at this from through the lens of who's going to be there too. So. You know, you're not going to hear Jalen Waddle on this list. You're not going to hear Jamar Chase on this list. Um, if either of those guys were there at 29, I would feel confident in saying the Packers would probably pick them. Um, the fact of the matter, though, is if they're there at 29, why? So maybe that's why. But number one, wide receiver on my list. Packers type wide receiver. Just looking at athletic profile. Ross, I'm going to give you one guess at who it is. Bateman. Close. Bateman's two. Bateman's Ooh. two. Uh, Bateman's got the 9.13 RAS, so 90th percentile, 21 years old. The only reason he's number two is because Terrace Marshall is 20. He's a 20-year-old kid with a 9.94 RAS, so that basically is saying he's a 99th percentile athlete. He is better athletically, size, weight, speed, than 99% of guys since the year 2000. Um, I'm not talking about tape. You just want to say, hey, tape, who's better, Bateman or Marshall? I'm taking Bateman every every day of the week, twice on Sundays. Uh, but the fact of the matter is Marshall is a year younger. Uh, he's he's a, a better athlete. They're both freak athletes. Um, so I think this is more of just a 1A, 1B type situation. Um, and I also, you know, I think Bateman wouldn't be much of a surprise if he was the pick at 29. You know, the surprise would be is, oh, God, they finally – they actually did it. They actually took a wide receiver in round one. Um, But if it's Bateman, if he's there, I don't think that's a surprise. I think Marshall would be a little bit of a surprise at 29 um, just because I think, you know, conventional wisdom would say, well, let's see if he's there at 62. I'd feel a lot more comfortable with him at 62. So would I. But he might not be there at 62. So do the Packers just go wild (laughs) at the athletic position and say – Terrace Marshall, you're our guy. I mean, we're talking height, too. And if you want to go back to the three receivers that this regime has drafted, Ross, big, fast, athletic, RAS, all that stuff. MVS was a little bit older, but he was also, what, like a sixth-round pick, fifth-round pick. Um, so when you're talking about higher-profile type guys, you're looking for that that young-type guy. I mean, Devontae was 20 when he was drafted. I think Jair was 20 when he was drafted. Just they love – these these young guys that they think they can bring in and develop into what they they want them to be. Um, so I'll, I'll take those two top guys. I've got three more on my list that you know when we're looking at picks one through one sixty two, and then that what is it ninety six, whatever it is. I got three more guys that I really am confident the Packers will be interested in. Um, but Ross, again, I want to I want to give the floor to you and just see if. Uh, you are thinking of some of the same guys that I am. Yeah. Uh, you know, one guy that I, I know has been mentioned and 
uh, was on mock draft Monday, not a, a, a player that I had taken, but on somebody else's list that I just want. Like, guys, I, I will be very surprised if Tylen Wallace is a Green Bay Packer. Those numbers and that height, it just um, – I said on film he gave me some – not Greg Jennings with the Packers, but Greg Jennings with Western Michigan. Like, he gave me Greg Jennings vibes kind of oddly enough in the same way that James Washington from the exact same school gave me James Washington – or gave me Greg Jennings vibes coming out. Now, Tylen isn't even as good of a testing-wise athlete as um, Washington is. So that's one that I, I kind of want to throw up the red flag on of stuff, you know, that I've seen um, just because it, it does kind of freak me out a little bit uh, when I see guys like him that just aren't, you know, it just – he's – it would be such a crazy thing from a historical perspective of what they've done um, to, for, for, for something like that to happen. Now, uh, a couple guys, you know, that, that I could see happening. Um, the two that would be interesting to me for sure would be uh, Rondell Moore, who is just an absolute freak and would obviously be close to a 10 Raz um, if he wasn't 5'7". <laughs> I think that's, you know, anytime you're 5'7 and your Raz is above 9.3, you're a freak because the fact that you're 5'7 and the weight that comes along with being 5'7, that's going to drag down your overall score in a huge way. And then at the same time, too, Kadarius Tony is a 90th plus percentile athlete. It's just where you'd have to take those guys is interesting to me. The Packers so long – um, you know, haven't taken a receiver in the top 32. And then for you to tell me that they're going to, you know, pull the trigger on a receiver in the top 32 and it's a gadget player or it's a slot player, that would be very surprising to me. Um, I would do backflips for either one of those in round one. I would be so excited just because of the possibilities. But that would be pretty wild. Um, and, and it, you know, as far as – and, you know, honestly, too, Elijah Moore – we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. At an 8.6, Raz is kind of in that conversation as well. Um, as far as guys that I think make a lot of sense, you know, Bateman's an 8-plus Raz. De'Ami Brown's an 8.3-plus Raz. Um, and, and Nico Collins, who I think just screams Green Bay Packer, uh, out of Michigan is a, a 9.5 plus Raz. 
Um, you know, that was that's kind of the Donovan, Donovan Peoples-Jones argument from a year ago, a little bit, too, is freak athlete. How much did Michigan's offense slow him down? Turns out with DPJ, the answer might have been a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, both myself and Mr. Morley tried to tell you, uh, the draft industrial complex tried to lie to you about Donovan Peoples-Jones. We tried to bring uh, the truth to the people. And um, fortunately, you know, I, I don't think it quite got out there with the speed that it needed to. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma money spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash win money to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Yep. Uh, Nico, so you just touched on two guys. I love, I like that you talked about Tylen because you're right. I don't think I, I, I'm with you as far as film. Love his, I love his game. Uh, I think whenever Oklahoma State ran their offense through him, it worked. And I think he's going to be a good NFL player. I just don't think it's going to be for the Packers. Uh, Nico Collins is actually six on my list, and that's only because he is 22 years old. And this is a crazy young group of, of wide receivers that I have on this list. Um, and uh, to Nate, so you talked about Diami, and you know we don't need to talk about him because everyone knows how we feel about him. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, he, he's he's actually fifth on my list though because his RAS is only you know in the 84th percentile, which that's still very good, <laughs> but it's just not you know as good as some of these other guys. And a name that I, I like that you mentioned, Tylen Wallace, because a guy that I think people should start subbing out for Tylen Wallace in you know in that fourth fifth round type range uh, is Josh Palmer out of Tennessee. I don't think he goes. I didn't leave. I didn't put him on my list because I just I don't think he's a top you know seventy five ninety type player. Uh, maybe he is, but for me, he's not. And so I think that's a name, though, that if you're interested in a, a guy in that range, Palmer makes a lot of sense there. But a couple names that you didn't mention that I think are absolute uh, fits is a guy that I think people need to get familiar with, and his name's Amir Smith-Marset, the kid out of I, I, kid out of Iowa. I think he's going around three. Um, I, I just really like his game. If you, and, and that's kind of like it's his character stuff. Like he uh, got a DUI in college. I uh, thought he was done playing football, you know, made a mistake. And it's going to be, can you prove NFL teams that it was just a, a one-time mistake type thing? But then he's also a guy that broke, hurt his ankle. I don't know if he broke it. He hurt his ankle doing a flip into the end zone at, at Iowa. Um, so he is he is a 9.4, 94th percentile type athlete. Uh, just freak level athlete, only 21 years old, young kid. Uh, and then uh, another guy, the last guy on my list that we haven't mentioned is Amon Ross St. Brown. 
uh, 8.9, 8.99, so 90th percentile level athlete, 21 years old. Super young kid. Obviously, the Packers are going to be very uh, familiar and either comfortable or uncomfortable with taking you know him out of the St. Brown family, which has been pretty well documented. Uh, Father John Brown being the you know Mister Olympia or whatever the heck that weightlifting thing is. Uh, but so those are some names I think to keep an eye on. And like I said, with the offensive tackles, if the Packers are going to go wide receiver in the first three rounds. Here are the names I think you need to look at. Terrace Marshall, Rashad Bateman, Imar Smith-Marset, Amon Ross St. Brown, Diami Brown, Nico Collins. Uh, that's Those are the guys. And, you know, you talked about Rondale. You talked about Kadarius. Those are two guys that even myself included, I've been on that train at, at certain points. But it, I think you hit the nail on the head, Ross. You want to take a guy like that in the top, you know, top 60 with one of your first two-round picks? I don't know. I don't know about that. Uh, especially like Rondale, great. But Rondale, I really think Rondale's highest upside is with a team that's going to use him similar to the way Darren Sproles was used throughout his career, which is a really good player. But is it a guy that you want at the end of the first round? Not so much. Not not for me, at least. Uh, so moving on to uh, you know the position that I think everybody wants to talk about, the position that – if you look at this roster, you say, hey, if the Packers get better at this one spot, I think this is this is their most glaring weakness, their most glaring hole, and that is that is the cornerback position. And I think of of all of these guys on this list, Ross, I'm going to I don't want I'm gonna just gonna throw his name out there because he is the most Packer that ever Packered in this year's draft class, and that is Greg Newsom out of the cornerback out of Northwestern. And not just because everyone's been talking about him, not just because everyone's saying how great he is on this or that. He really does fit and check almost every single box that the Packers tend to look for. Um, even even down to even down to being a little bit injured in college. Uh, so Greg Newsom is a 9.95 level athlete, so 99th percentile. You know, one of the best athletes at the cornerback position to come out of the draft since the year 2000 uh, shows up on tape. I think he is a super, you know, hyper intelligent player uh, age 20 years old, just a baby, you know, 20 year old kid. There are two guys on this list that are only 20. Uh, we know how much the Packers value these young guys. Um, so for that reason, Greg Newsom is um, my number one corner, my number one player, uh, with a bullet in this year's draft class is if you want to say if the board it falls, you know, with and all these guys, all these guys are on the board that we've mentioned. Who are they going to take? I think it's Greg Newsom. Um, Ross, who are some cornerback type level athletes that you think are are fits for the Packers? I actually I have six written down. Let's see how many we agree on. Yeah, you know, I mean, unfortunately, like, I don't think uh, J.C. Horn or Pat Sertan um, are probably going to be available. And, right. you know, for me, both of those guys are perfect fits. Pat Sertan is just, just keeps climbing with his ability to tackle um, and, and, and his size, his tape. Like, I don't know, man, he, he is going to continue to climb up the uh, – the, the Packers big board that I do um, they're, they're, oof. if he's still around at 16, 17, 18, I'm, I'm starting to wonder like what, 
what it would take, you know, would both for, would both the, the four and the, um, the comp four be enough to come up? Um, you know, would, would a three and a four be enough to come up? I don't know. Um, maybe, you know, maybe a three in the comp five, something like that. He is just that dude for me. But again, if we're talking about guys that are likely to be available, I don't think JC Horn, who's a 9.99 Raz, and Pat Sertan, who's a 9.96 Raz, are going to be available. Um, Ifyatu Mofanwu from Syracuse, I don't like his tape as, as, as much as, as a lot of folks. Um, he gives me some, some Kevin King vibes in that the, um, the excitement has a lot to do with his height, I think, and, and maybe not necessarily all with his game. Um, I just, you know, I, I haven't seen what I need to see out of him from a fluidity, from a side to side standpoint. And we've seen Kevin King beating on enough in breakers to know that just because you're six, three doesn't mean you can c- cover. Um, so that's an interesting one. Eric Stokes is kind of, he's not that tall, but he's kind of another one where people see that Raz and they go, Oh, Packer, Packer. And it's like, ah, the tape, it's just not there. Same, honestly, with Tyson Campbell too, who was, uh, um, a top, you know, like a five-star kid coming out of college. That's another thing the Packers actually like more than than you would think is um, they value like five stars. They value even if they haven't necessarily worked out. Like they they thought a lot of Rashawn Gary being the number one overall high school recruit and betting on those kind of players that you know have been thought highly of their entire career. Um, with that said. I think Newsom is obviously a bullet. Uh, Robert Rochelle is an interesting one for me. UCA corner, FCS guy, freak athlete. I was impressed with him when North Dakota State. Um, the way he matched up with Christian Watson was impressive. Uh, I was just impressed with him when 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 he locked horns with NDSU. And then outside of that, you know, I think Kelvin Joseph from Kentucky is interesting. He's got some character issues certainly um and and benjamin st juice from minnesota is interesting uh you know and outside of that i I really like paulson adebo from from stanford but these are all kind of mid-round guys uh it's it's interesting how many of the top guys if you will um you know like uh asante samuel like a tyson campbell are like at Elijah Molden are just guys that we don't either have, you know, there's guys we don't have numbers for, or there's just guys that don't have that impressive of numbers and are thought of as pretty, pretty highly thought of draft prospects at a position that I don't know. Like my, my friend Christian Dudzik played at NDSU, um, had a cup of coffee with both the Chargers and the Vikings. And, and always said, like, corner is one of the easiest positions in the world to play mentally, but the toughest physically. And you have to be so athletic to play that position. Uh, I think it ends up being pretty rare where poor athletes are super successful at that spot. Yeah. Um, I, one guy, one name that I do want to mention is Caleb Farley, the Virginia Tech kid. Now, we don't have his testing numbers because he's got the back stuff, but you keep hearing about him being potentially a guy that might fall and would the Packers be comfortable in taking him? I, you know, I have him on this list with a question mark because I know he's a I know he's a great athlete. Like this kid was clocked at running twenty four miles an hour 
with that GPS stuff that they have at Virginia Tech. And, I mean, that's that's bonkers. That's Tyreek Hill-level speed on the field. So he, I think he would he would have tested really well. You know, he's got the big injury concerns, though. But could that be a guy that the Packers are staring in the face at 29, just saying, man, you're too talented. You're just too talented for us to pass you up at this spot. We will roll the dice at this position in the draft. Um, love the St. Juice comp uh, or pick for you. He's 24. You know, that's that's the only thing with him being a top 100 pick for the Packers is he is an old. Um, he is not a young guy. And uh, it, But other than that, I mean, the RAS is there, the size is there, all of that. Two guys that I also have question marks by because I don't know how old they are. I searched the ends of the internet and it's not there is Adebo from Stanford and then your, your boy, Aaron Robinson from UCF. Um, I think, yeah. you know, their RAS and their size, all that stuff, um, absolute Packers, you know. The thing you, you mentioned, uh, Kelvin Joseph, the kid out of Kentucky, and I, I think you know maybe the Packers go there. He's got you know he's an 88th percentile athlete, but when you look at it, the one thing that I think the Packers really really value at the cornerback position, outside of all that other stuff, is three cone. And my man is a 20 percentile level three cone runner. Maybe he just had a bad day, but a seven two one. Um, is not impressive. You know, that's that's below average. So I wonder I honestly wonder if that combined with some of the off field transferring stuff, um, he's just off their board altogether. Um, one be- other guy too that I want to make mention of, like in the same Tylen Wallace vein, is a guy whose tape I fell in love with and now is basically off my board for the Packers, and that's Shakur Brown, mm-hmm. Michigan State, tested like absolute trash. Um, you know, and, and honestly, it's to the point of like Stanford Samuels level where maybe if they love his tape too, they bring him in as a UDFA. I don't think even with his testing, he won't get drafted like Stanford did, but that's just a no go situation for me now. Yeah. And that's, and that's what some of this stuff is at some of these positions. Like, man, if you're not an athlete, you're not going to make it. Um, another guy that I think is worth mentioning because the Packers met with him twice now is is Asante Samuel and this was kind of the rabbit hole I went down before the pod and I'm just you know thinking out loud you know I'm not it's we it's impossible to get into the mind of Brian Gutenkunz which I know we just spent an entire episode trying to do but you look at him and say okay he has thresholds he has you know benchmarks that you want you want to hit and twice he's he's gone outside of that early and that's with Jair when he Jair was, um, you know, what, what did he say to you? He was just below the Mendoza line or something like that. Yes. Um, yeah. And so, and he was, you know, he was outside of their thresholds or whatever you want to say. And then the other guy that is was a little bit older, you know, not old in the sense of old, but Elton Jenkins was twenty three when they drafted him. When you look at their, you know, his top one hundred picks. That's the oldest guy he's ever taken. So you have to wonder, is he is is that outside of their thresholds as well? And so twice Goody has gone outside of his thresholds, outside of his numbers, and he's just kind of gone with gone with a, a gut type thing. With Jair, he just said, I don't care. You know, I don't care that he is a quarter of an inch smaller than what we typically want to do. He's that good. We're just gonna take it. And then with Elton Jenkins, same thing. I don't care that he's maybe a year older than what we typically draft 
anywhere at any position. He's just that good. We're going to take him. The Packers are obviously interested in Asante Samuel Jr. They've met with him twice. He is not a great athlete, and he's also below their height threshold. So, and I'm not talking pick 29. I don't think he goes round one. But when pick 62 rolls around and he's sitting there, if the Packers take someone like that, for me, Ross, I'm going to give Goody the benefit of the doubt and say, hey, your gut, your instincts have been right before with some of this stuff. So if you like this kid that much to go outside of your comfort zone to take him, you must really think highly of him as you know a football player and, and the meetings and, and all that stuff that we aren't privy to. All those behind closed doors types conversations um, that we don't get to have. And we just have to watch the film and look at the athletic scores. But if the Packers want to go outside of something like that and do something like that, and they think, hey, he can come in, you know, let's try him on the outside, uh, but we think he's eventually going to end up on the inside as a slot. Cool. If That might work out. Um, so that's something, you know, just as we get closer to the draft, and as you just you, – you see this stuff getting reported, it's just stuff that my mind goes down these rabbit holes of, oh, but what if, you know. So um, those are some guys. And I said it early. If the Packers do not draft one of these – 15, 20 guys in the first three rounds. I'll eat the tweet. I'll eat the promo tweet for this for this uh, this uh, this episode. I'm just really confident that one of these guys on this list that we have talked about today will be a Green Bay Packer when it is all said and done. Um, and if they're not, I guess I'll just have to have to get some hot sauce ready to down that paper. Uh, I'll tell you what, too, on Asante Samuel Jr., just for some, like, uh, a little bit of perspective, he has really elite run defense grades from uh, Pro Football Focus and has 17 career missed tackles in almost 1,800 snaps, um, three years, basically, of playing every game uh, for the Seminoles. And I know, like, in a vacuum, 17 missed tackles sounds like a lot, but I promise you it's not. Like, 17 missed tackles at corner over the course of three seasons? No. that's that's And so I wonder if they don't like him um, as a nickel and if, if they don't like him as potentially um, a high-level guy to, to kind of kick inside and sort of – erase the Chandon Sullivan problem as opposed to erasing the Kevin King problem. Uh, and maybe they'll do both. You know, I would, if it's, if it's, and, and, and as sad as it, you know, sounds that, yeah, uh, 2018, you know, taking Jackson and, and, and uh, Jair probably should have been the fix, you know, that, that should have done it. But, the way the draft works, too, often if you take two guys, one of them turns out. I mean, it's a cra- it, it, it's a crapshooter. Every team would be awesome, and all these prospects would turn out. It's just not how it works. So I think uh, like a Greg Newsom in round one, if it's Greg Newsom round one and Asante Samuel Jr. round two, like I wouldn't be surprised at all. And I'd be super stoked. <laughs> like, I'd be, That'd be, a lot I'd be of fun. very excited. That would be a ton of fun. And um, two other names that I want to mention, but they just didn't fit into – um, what we were talking about, but our guys that I think if we go outside of these three positions, these are two names to keep an eye on, especially in the first 75 picks. And that's um, Trayvon Morig, the TCU safety, 21 years old, 
you know, 90th percentile plus athlete. And then Javon Hollins, the Oregon kid, yeah. another safety, you know, big, uh, 21 years old. And I think he surprised people um, with some of his testing numbers because that was kind of the, the knock on him. And, and honestly, and I don't, I don't say this cause I'm not right all the time, but when I watched him, that was not my concern. You know what I mean? That was, I didn't think, I didn't think he was a freak athlete, but it wasn't, he was not a guy I watched. And I said, wow, athleticism is really going to be a problem for him. That was more. Just with those two, I mean, I think they have a chance of, of really shoring up that star position as well. Uh, Morig, I think, would shore up the star position because he would hand it over to Darnell Savage, uh, which I think would be so problematic for opposing offenses in like a Tyron Matthew kind of way. Um, but but also then, you know, Javon, he's just completely interchangeable. He can start and play 60 snaps for you at star if you ask him to. Yep. Yeah, I think Javon is – he's he's a situational – matchup piece right you're playing yeah. you know you're playing team you know Y with player x and you say hey we're gonna javon we're gonna use you this way this week and, and and a lot like a lot like honey badger in kansas city and i think that would give you two guys in him and savage that would just give you a lot of versatility um but you know the two two players that i think if they go outside of these three positional groups especially in round one uh mori round one is that how you say his name? I've heard people say like three different ways. Now, how do you say his name? I don't know. I don't know. I, I go with Trayvon Morig, and I'm. I just try to say. Uh, it, I try to say it fast. Yeah, if Green Bay, if Green Bay takes him, I will figure it out. All I know is there's not, and that both Spellcheck and other people, there's not an N in his last name. It is not Mo Ring. It is not. There, I do know that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's what I know. And like I said, if Green Bay takes him, I will do my best to learn how to pronounce the uh, young man's last name. Same. All right, so there are some names for you guys uh, to ponder. A lot of names you're probably familiar with, hopefully a couple that maybe are new to you as uh, potential Packers fits. Um, Guys, thank you so much for listening. We're almost there. I think you got Ross and I the next two Mondays for sure. And then we will be getting inching closer and closer to that to that NFL draft, to draft miss day. Um, so again, guys, thank you. And we will catch you next time, uh, next Tuesday. But until then, go back. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. 
at hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.